teacher shortages and special education. What are we supposed to do? Welcome to this episode of the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do right now when it comes to the teacher shortages that are happening in special education. If you haven't noticed that there are team members missing in your school, in your district, in your child's team, (laughs) tell me where you're at because everywhere I'm looking, there are shortages. In fact, It looks like the latest data is showing that two out of every three districts is experiencing a teacher shortage. For our students who are on IEPs, for our children who are struggling to get back to baseline after the disruption in our school system, this is critical. Now, here's the thing. I can't magically make teachers therapists just appear into the school system. We can get angry. We could write advocacy letters. We could, you know, try to do all the legal stuff that can happen to um, hold a district accountable when things are not happening the right way in special education. However, the bottom line is there are staff shortages and we cannot just again, magically make people appear into our school systems, into our teams. So let's talk about some things that you can do right now. Number one, you need to document. You have to document. Teachers, I know you're listening in. Parents, I know you're listening in. Everybody needs to document. If you're an administrator, who is listening to this, you need to document your efforts that you're taking to fill that position. Parents, I want you to be documenting what is and what is not happening. I want this on paper because there will be a time that you're going to have to reference back to what did and did not happen. In the meantime, documentation is the best strategy to just get started in figuring out what to do next. Now, the next thing that I want you to consider is, is this a critical service, critical minutes, and there's a massive amount of time that's being missed, and could this be supported in a different way, in a non-traditional way than simply filling the position? Because it's not that simple right now to fill the position. So here are two ways that we're working as master IEP coaches to help IEP teams complete the obligation of providing an appropriate education through the IEP document, all right? And appropriate doesn't always mean that it's perfect. We know that. It doesn't always mean that it's best, but but we got to do something, right? So two options are either looking at, is this a service that could be provided virtually, I know, I know, I know a bunch of you just rolled your eyes and said, no way. We want to be in person. We want the person to be there in person. We want all of this happening. It should be happening in person. I I agree and I agree and I agree. But if we can't get the person there on campus, can we provide this service virtually? Let me give you a quick example. I was um, coaching during one of our sessions with master IP coaches, and she was describing on how she's getting a new student who needs a vision therapist. 
They do not have a vision therapist on staff. They cannot find a vision therapist right now. And again, we can't just magically make a vision therapist appear. So this child's going to be missing services from a vision therapist. That's, that's not good. We, we got to document it. We got to figure out what, what are all the minutes that are going to be missed? What are all the things that are not going to be addressed? Okay. But we need to look at some virtual options because it turns out that there's a school for the blind that is in the same state, but they can't provide staff over to the public school. Just everybody's dealing with their own shortages and stuff. But could we collaborate with a resource in the community at another school that could provide some virtual training to the team so this child can access their education starting on day one? Meaning I don't want you know, the service and the IEP to be switched to virtual only. I'm not talking about taking anything away from the child and what was determined to be appropriate. What I'm saying is, can we put a bridge service in there? Can we put a service in there such as virtual trainings by somebody who can provide, by a vision therapist, by somebody who can provide? So at minimum, can we at least get the team that's on site trained to support this child so she can access her education until we get somebody in there to help the child with all the goals and all the vision supports and all the things. And we can do a lot with team member to team member training, and we can do that virtually. So again, is that the best solution? It, it may not be the best solution and we might come up with something better a few weeks from now, but is it the quickest solution to make sure that this teacher that has no experience in helping a child who has the deficits that this child has when it comes to vision. She does not have the experience to take care of this child and she knows it and she needs help. And they're saying, sorry, we don't have somebody on staff. Okay. Then let's at least get the teacher some help. So virtual supports, virtual therapies, virtual, virtual trainings. Can we look at that option for whatever is missing for this student? Okay. The second thing that I want you to consider is, is there a third party person that is not a school district resource, not even a, a community school district resource, not like even in the same state, I'm talking independent. Is there an independent person that could provide the service the school district could pay this third party person? So for example, and I've been doing this for decades, this is not a, a situation that is new due to everything that has happened in our school system. This has happened forever in special education. And one of my favorite things to do when there are services missing and they've been trying to hire somebody, the district's been trying to hire somebody, it's not happening, child is losing services, child is not gonna be able to make progress at the rate that they should be because the, the specified services are not there on site. That we have uh, negotiated with for the school district to pay for an outside therapy such as speech therapy or occupational therapy or physical therapy or even vision therapy. So they pay for somebody, an independent practitioner who possibly, you know, they have their own office in town or they're contracted by a bigger company and they're, they're in town. And so the child then leaves the school day and goes to the services and then comes back. Can transportation be provided? Sometimes. Is this something that sometimes the parents just do on their own and say, you know, I'll take my child on, on Wednesdays at five o'clock 
So the child goes home on the bus and then child goes out to the therapies. Yep. That happens too. So there's all different ways, but this is a creative solution that has been happening for a very long time. And I want you to be aware of it because this may be something that you need to address with all of the shortages that are happening. This is also something um, that you can look at as a long-term solution if needed. So the virtual option is often a short-term solution. This is something that a lot of times once it gets put in place, it can stay there for a while. What I do want you to be very aware of is that when we take a child who's going to receive school-based services and put them in a clinical type setting. So let's just say they were going to receive speech therapy at school, but now they're going to get speech therapy um, at an independent office in the community. That is typically not a minute-to-minute conversion or a one-to-one conversion, which means that if a child's getting 60 minutes of speech a week per at school, then there's a good chance that we're going to agree to 30 minutes per week in a one-to-one session at the independent provider because school-based therapies are definitely different than clinical-based therapies. What's great about that is that it it makes it um, a compromise in the time, but the quality is typically not compromised. The progress is not compromised. That outside person that you're paying 30 minutes to versus the 60 minutes may also have additional consult minutes. So let's just say the child's going to get outside services paid for by the district, which is also going to include training. So this outside person is going to train the team who's working with the child during the school day on the methods that she's using. Now, this is really important because typically in an IEP team setting, right? Like the speech therapist is working with the child and then there's like the teachers and the speech therapist, they they chit chat. Even if it is just casual dropping the child on and off from services, right? Where it's just like, okay, well, oh, we worked on this today. Sometimes it's just that that communication of, hey, just so you know, uh, he's he's not feeling great today. Like he told me that he's sad because, and there's this communication between the therapist and the teacher. And that doesn't happen when we have that third party person involved and services are taking place outside of the typical school day. So having that those consult minutes written in can be a great strategy to make sure that there is a teamwork effort into making sure that the child's making progress. So there's your three steps, right? We have document, consider virtual if needed to, to get in there quickly and make sure that team members have training, that students are staying on track and then consider third-party resources. Again, it's not talked about often, but I've seen it done. I've helped this process get solidified many times inside of IEP negotiations. And sometimes that's a short-term, sometimes it's a long-term solution, depending on what the situation is. But there are possibilities to avoid everything going on pause indefinitely. That's what we don't want. That's where the fear comes in. The fear comes in where we're like, okay, we don't have a speech therapist. We don't have... um, the, the occupational therapist. And we don't know when we're going to get them. So now my child just doesn't get services or my students just don't get services until that person gets here. I really want you to consider these options for the in-between until we can get back on track. I'm going to encourage you guys to come on over and make sure that you're getting your free weekly IEP training at IEP Masterclass. I hope to see you next week. And don't forget, 
no matter where you're listening to this, no matter where you're watching, whether it's on iTunes or Google or YouTube or Instagram, please make sure that you like and comment and share. Every time you like, comment and share, this helps reach more parents and teachers so we can change special education together. All right, everyone, I'll talk to you soon.